This episode of HR Rescue is sponsored by MBI Worldwide. MBI Worldwide provides compliant employment screening and safe hiring management solutions. Excellent customer service, integrity, accuracy, integration with existing HR software platforms, secure online account access, and a wide range of products and competitive pricing define why MBI Worldwide believes that good screening is smart business. Each day we get hundreds of questions from our clients and other small and mid-sized business owners about some of the most common HR issues. We figured if they have those questions, you might too. Let's provide a lifeline and share our answers to some of the most common scenarios. This is HR Rescue with your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go! So hello everyone and welcome to HR Rescue. I'm your host, Jenny Stone. Uh, This podcast, uh, as you know, addresses some of the most common HR issues within every small business. And whether you're a newly certified HR professional, business owner, or an office manager, these simple tips and tricks and insights that we share with you can help you keep your business in compliance and prevent any minor issue from becoming a serious problem. Uh, This week, we are super excited and honored to have as our guest, uh, Brian Chapman, the CEO of MBI Worldwide. Hello, Brian. Hello. Thank you, Jenny, for having me. I'm excited to answer some questions today. Absolutely. And just to let our audience know a little bit about you, uh, Brian has been with MBI Worldwide since its inception in 1998. Uh, what looks like you just celebrated, what, 20 years now? Yeah. Fantastic. Yes, we did. And today he serves as the company's chief executive officer. Brian is an author, a speaker, and an expert witness in issues pertaining to employee background screening. Uh, Federal Credit Reporting Act and compliance, and he's responsible for fine-tuning MBI worldwide into a national brand and a leader in employment background screening. The reason we're talking to him today is this includes experience in best practices, FCRA compliance, in addition to continuing to provide MBI's diverse clientele with support they need to reach their recruitment, retention, safety, and financial goals. So welcome, Brian. We're super thrilled to have you on this episode. Oh, good. I'm glad I can, again, answer some questions. And I know it's a complicated um, industry, a lot of questions with regard to background checks and how they're done. And so I'm um, glad I can help you. Absolutely. So just to kind of uh, give our uh, audience a little bit of an idea, uh, what we're going to be talking about today is is employment background checks were once considered kind of a luxury among small business owners. It was a practice that was worth pursuing, but not essential to the recruitment and hiring practices at the time. Um, But now we're entering, of course, into a world where there's a heated battle for talent um, and pre-employment background checks have taken on a new sense of urgency. And an employee background check and a screening program can help minimize exposure, uh, like inaccuracies on resumes, a history of bad behavior, or people who could just simply put your company at risk. So today we're going to discuss uh, why background screening is important, some of the most common terminology that you said can be complicated, people don't understand, and some tips for proper procedure and forms. And we're hoping that you'll share us some real stories with us as well about some background checks gone bad. So yeah. Got a couple, yeah. So what we'll do is we'll just start right off, and I'll have you just kind of speak to uh, why background screening is important. Sure. So right now, approximately 80% of employers across the country are performing background checks. They're using either a, most of them using a third-party company like us, um, which we are considered a consumer reporting agency. We're not a private investigator. We're actually a consumer reporting agency. So you can compare that to similar to uh, TransUnion or Equifax. We collect that uh, um, background checks, which is all aspects of background checks. And then we um, give it to you in a single format um, so you can understand it easily, um, so you can make a, uh, a good hiring decision on it. 
So the reason we do, you want to do background checks um, now is it gives you a full picture of your applicant. So a complete and full picture, um, things they aren't going to tell you, things you may already know, or even um, something you may know and it's not as extreme as you thought it was on this applicant. Um, we can also tell you that. Um, a background check will highlight their criminal history. And so I'm um, using that example. Maybe you thought they were you know, an aggravated battery conviction, but actually it's a simple assault. Or maybe they threatened somebody and never battered anybody. Um, so it kind of gives you a full picture of the applicant. Um, and also highlight dishonesty. Um, if you're a retail or any kind of um, uh, retail environment, gas station, store, um, you can see if there's any previous convictions or multiple charges for dishonesty, thefts, embezzlements, um, and you can make a hiring decision based on some of that history. Um, it, uh, background checks, flags, infractions that might impact an individual's ability to perform. So the infraction would be um, an embezzlement. Let's go back to dishonesty again. Embezzlement, you don't want to hire somebody um, in a, as a CPA or a, your chief financial officer in your company if they have a recent embezzlement conviction or really last you know 10 years probably. So you can uh, see those as well. Um, background check will verify education and certification. So um, if you, uh, we, we find a lot of fake diplomas, um, university diplomas. We find a lot of people lying about their university diplomas, um, what, what education credentials they have, and also their certifications. <clears throat> you see these stories maybe on CNN or Fox News that a doctor was performing as a doctor, but he was never a doctor. Well, we can check those certifications out. Is he really a doctor or is he really a CPA or really a, you know, um, has a certification license, you know, um, in whatever, whatever profession they're in. And then, of course, it fulfills due diligence and avoids liability because um, you're doing background checks on your employees and um, it, it helps keep your employees and customers safe, um, keeps the um, workplace um, hopefully free from any problems, um, keeps your customers free from any problems. Um, and we can, you can compare that to, let's say you're a, a home pest control agency and you want to do a background check on your people visiting these homes. That way, if, you know, if you have someone with a previous sexual assault conviction, you don't want them going into a home and then coming back at night and sexually assaulting a customer. That gives some really bad press. So this is what um, these background checks do. And they're, they're very inexpensive. They're quick to get. Um, and they're fairly easy. There are some compliance things which we'll discuss shortly, but um, there's not as hard as you think. Um, where companies like us will definitely help you um, go through those processes. Now, do you also provide guidance um, to the clients? Like, you know, there's been a lot of things in the news lately about, uh, you know, of course, the ban the box, which is uh, an important thing that's that started happening in, in many states, um, in addition to just uh, different initiatives to um, kind of, you know, give people with backgrounds uh, uh, more of an opportunity towards employment. So do you guide uh, customers through like, okay, let's talk about if something adverse comes up, let's talk about the next steps that you need to take, not only to stay compliant, but also to give that app, that applicant or candidate a fair chance to explain. Absolutely. So we we will help um, your staff and your team or you um, make these decisions. Uh, we'll help you tell you what you can and can't do. Um, obviously, we recommend you always talk to legal counsel. Um, we also offer our, our time um, to also discuss with your legal counsel. A lot of smaller employers, maybe they have one legal counsel that's not full-time, you're paying them, um, but they do all your contracts and maybe some other um, 
other things that doesn't have to do with employment. So a lot of some lawyers don't understand employment law. So we'll help them understand that. We'll tell them what's going on. I mean, up to yesterday's court cases. Um, we'll tell them the proper forms to use, your disclosures and authorizations. Um, so we'll definitely help you when you find a crime, what you need to do. Um, uh, well, do you want to discuss adverse action now? Yeah, we certainly can get into uh, what that pre-adverse and adverse and negligent hiring and that type of thing. Yeah, so adverse action is, so you can compare that to when you go uh, trying to buy a car at a car dealership and you get denied credit and they don't give you a car. Well, in a week you get a letter in the mail saying um, you were denied credit based on your credit report. So in, in the background world, in HR world, uh, we also have to do that. So you have to give a pre-adverse action letter to an employer, employer I'm sorry, an applicant, and, um, and then give that applicant five days to respond to that letter saying, and basically it's, um, we're not going to hire you, we're possibly not going to hire you based on your criminal history or your consumer report. Maybe it's, maybe it's an education issue. Maybe it's a certification issue. Maybe it's um, a driving issue. Uh, you know, you have too many, too many infractions on a driving record. So we're not going to hire you based on this. Um, if, there's, if this is wrong or something's not right with this report, please let us know within five days. And so if they don't contact you back, then you send an adverse action letter. Um, and we do those for you as well. You can either do them yourself or we can do them for you for just a couple dollars. Uh, we'll manage the time frame. And there is a law, there's federal law on when, how you have to do it. And it's a, it's a five-day gap. Um, so then you serve that adverse action letter saying, okay, we're definitely not hiring you. Never responded. We're not hiring you based on your consumer report, um, basically your background check. So we'll, we'll help guide you through all those processes and help you set up your policies for that as well. It's it's important. I, I know that uh, there's been some recent changes to, I think it was the FCRA disclosure form, but it's why it's important to have a, a background check company involved in that process because you may be using a form that's not up to date or, or not uh, Correct. legal for electronic so, Even a couple of years ago, people were still putting in, I would call them indemnity clauses in their, in their authorizations, meaning um, you, John Doe, gave me permission, give uh, my company permission to do a background check on you using a third-party company or, or any other way, and you won't hold us liable. That you won't hold us liable part is what has been getting a lot of people sued. Um, there's, there's two of the largest auto parts um, stores in the country that have paid out millions of dollars in lawsuits because of that one thing. There's one of the largest um, uh, retail grocery stores paid out almost $7 million a couple years ago because of that one line. So there's disclosures you can't have in there, um, and they are adjusted all the time. We send out new documents to our customers every six months normally with updates. Uh, so there is a process. There is um, you need to make sure you have the right forms from your legal counsel or from your, your background check company. They'll help you um, with the updates on those uh, just to stay on top of that so you don't end up getting sued. And, and if you're a larger employer, which has multiple applicants, you know, and that's the class action suits is where the issues are. But I've even seen small companies having to pay, you know, $25,000 to an applicant uh, because of these disclosures issue or, or not doing an adverse action or something similar. Or even asking for the, the permission to run the check on the application. I mean, there has to be separate forms. Just for we should discuss that first. So background checks are easy to do. You can never do them without permission. Um, so, again, just like your credit report, we nobody can run your credit report without your permission, without um, signing a document saying, I authorize you to run my credit report. Same with background checks in the hiring world, um, in the HR world or in the business world. You cannot run a background check without getting written permission in some way. And so 
our platform, we can do it online. They can use a mouse to sign it, um, or you can do paper and have them sign it. There's several different ways you can get them to get permission, but never, ever run a background check for hiring without permission. Um, you will definitely get in a lot of trouble. A lot of you'll get in some lawsuits. EEOC will come in at your door. Um, it, there's some major issues with that. It's important when you ask and how you ask is, is definitely a, a big step. So tell me a little bit, just kind of a, a, a brief step-by-step of, of what the proper procedure and forms are um, for the small business owner. Let's say they're, they're like, okay, I'm, I'm ready. I want to st- start doing background checks. What does that look like? You have to sign a service agreement with a background company. Which was, um, so we would send you a service agreement, just a you know, four-page document that you're going to use these for only one purpose, for hiring only. You're going to keep them private, confidential. And then we'll help you set up the releases, the, the forms. Um, and it's it simplified things. It's two forms. Um, unless you're in California, New York, or some other states, there's also special forms for those areas, those jurisdictions. Um, but if the, the two forms are a, a disclosure saying, I'm disclosing to the applicant that I'm running a background check, and they sign it. And there's also an authorization. The applicant says, okay, I'll authorize you. Thank you for disclosing it to me, but now I'm also going to authorize you to run this background check. So you can put those documents in the application packets. So if you have paper application packets at your front desk, you can just put all those documents in there and have them sign them when they're doing the application. That's fine. Um, Then they can fill it out and bring it in. Um, Or if you're going to do it, if you want to keep that um, personal identifying information like race, sex, um, date of birth, away from your hiring people, um, you just put the um, releases in there without the uh, identifying information, and then we'll send them a link, and then they can log on uh, to our website. Uh, the applicant can log on to our website and fill out their sex, race, birthday, and other information, and also sign an uh, actual a mouse, a wet signature using a mouse. So that's um, kind of the process. You can do background checks either pre-hire, um, and that's where they, like you said, like I said, they fill out the form and then you're running 10 names because you're going to hire for three positions and you're trying to figure out who to hire. So you're going to run 10 background checks or you can do it um, post offer, meaning you've interviewed people, you've done all your due diligence other than background checks because you want to save some money. Um, now you've got to, now you have two people you want to run a background check on post offer. So you bring them in, you give them an offer pending the background check. Background checks take two to three days, so it's pretty quick. Um, and then you can do the background check after the post offer. And then you can also do background checks during employment, uh, especially for promotional purposes. But what we're seeing the last couple of years is annual background checks. You know, maybe they're on, they go on vacation, but actually they're in jail for a week because of a DUI or something. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> you find that out during annual background checks, and then you can. Um, and deal with that however your policy uh, one. do you have to get a, a, a authorization again if you're going to do them on an annual or, or, or semi-regular basis um, as long as they sign one on pre-hire um, it's always good to get um, an annual one probably as you're updating policies every couple of years to get a new one signed um, but the pre-hire one will work as well now MBI yeah. also does the um, drug screening um, yes. Can you speak a little bit to um, uh, several of, of our uh, small business clients when they've done the drug screening? They've specifically asked not to be given the results of the marijuana testing. Drug industry is fascinating right now. Lots of changes happening. Um, we have you know opiates being super strong. Um, every, you know, a lot of people are doing them now. So it's you know, we went from doing a five panel drug test ten years ago, so now we're doing ten, eleven panel drug tests, which is including all the opioids and some other drugs um 
So, but what we're seeing most recently, the last probably year, um, really seeing this a lot is people not wanting, companies not wanting to know the results of the marijuana. Um, for several reasons, um, one of them is a medical marijuana issue. Um, you know, half the states are now um, giving permission for marijuana use. So you gotta make a decision, okay, do I wanna get rid of this guy because I'm a zero tolerance company? Um, or do I wanna keep them on because he's a good employee and it's a medical issue? Or what we also see is in, really in the technology space, um, IT space, um, there's a seems to be a high volume of uh, marijuana users in that space. So we have a, several customers in that space that um, want us to redact the marijuana results or just run tests without the marijuana component in it. So we, we're doing a lot of those right now as well. And those, again, it's, it's up to you. Um, it's up to you how you want to hire someone. If you want to hire them with convictions or with drug uh, you know, positive results, um, it, it's up to you how, how you want to hire someone. As long as you get the information, you can make a, you know, a good informed decision and then place them where you want and then understand you know, where they're at. Um, and we're seeing that too right now, the Second Chance Act. Um, uh, President Bush actually enacted the Second Chance Act and then uh, President Obama really expanded on it during his terms. And that is people getting out of prison um, and, and trying to get them out in the workforce. So he's made several laws, um, kind of push the EEOC to trying to push this as well. Um, the CFPB, which is the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, and some other agencies to kind of, um, they want you, they want you to kind of hire some of these people that maybe are, you know, um, minor crimes or they've been out of prison for several years and just kind of understand that, you know, they're, you know, these things happened a long time ago or they're, the crime really isn't associated with the work work that they're going to be doing. So, you know, kind of give some of those leeway. Um, so we've seen those now in drug screenings too. So. Well, I think I think that the key here is is the the consistency, right? If you're going to do it for one, you need to do it for sure. all, right? You can't just yeah. hand pick. That's good. You brought that up. That's true. So any you need to be doing the same thing for everybody, or for least at least the positions. So you may do a twenty dollar background check for your um, your line people that are stamping valve covers, but for your executive office, you maybe want to do an $80 background check because you're going to be dealing with money and checks and credit cards. Um, so just, you need to do the same background checks um, per position in your company. Um, but never do anything extra on somebody because um, you're going to get in some trouble. That's that's definitely an EEOC issue. Um, you're afraid you're going to create some disparate impact on some minorities or uh, some other class of people. So to be real careful in how you're running things. Okay. So any any real stories of, of either you know where it's it's been good for a company they've done the background check or, or a background check gone bad that you'd like to, to share with us? Yeah. There's, <laughs> there's always something uh, you know, and it, it's probably one of my funniest ones. I think is we're um, running this construction company. We're running uh, social security numbers for them, and uh, or you know background checks, and we came back with an invalid social security number on one of their um, employees. And so the HR manager brought this employee in and says, hey, this this number is invalid and, and it's not yours. And and, it, and it, she said it ended up getting into a fight, an argument with this guy and, and as a foreign national that was working here. And, and he ended up telling her that, no, no, that is a good social number. I paid $500 for it. So oh. it is a good social <laughs> Oh, my gosh. So we've seen funny things like that. We've... Um, you know, we uh, one instance we were um, we had a customer call and says, "Hey, we, we we have a 
um, one of our managers, we just promoted up and gave her almost twenty more thousand dollars in pay. Um, and, but we wouldn't do it until she got her uh, four-year degree, her bachelor's. So she um, gave us a diploma after a while. We kept begging her for it. We think something's funky about this. Uh, can you check this diploma out for us and education um, uh, credentialing? And so we checked out this diploma, and it was basically a diploma she made um, on Photoshop. It was a legitimate diploma from this university, half of it was, and the other half was also legitimate, but it was um, based two different years diplomas with different signatures for the chancellor. And that's how we were able to identify it was a fake diploma. Oh, wow. Then calling the school, of course, they said she never graduated. <clears throat> so, of course, this employee was terminated. But so we see things like that as well. Um, there are things called diploma mills. And a diploma mill is these companies online you can call and say, hey, I'll. I want to go to your school and do a bachelor's degree and diploma. Says, okay, give us a thousand dollars, and they'll they'll give you a diploma diploma within a week or two. And so um, we've seen doctors and diploma mills. We've seen like PhDs. We've seen bachelors, a lot of bachelor's degrees, um, a lot of associate's degrees. Um, you, you, we've seen these on the news. I mean, uh, all the President Bush had some, President Obama had some on his staff that were had fake diplomas. Um, we would see CEOs of large companies also lying about that. So it's fascinating how many people lie about their education. Um, so we see those. Um, you know, we've seen all kinds of things. We, I have one customer that um, was required to do background checks through, a, um, they were basically a wholesale type of company. Um, and it, they, they, wanted, they wanted only one kind of background check, only checking three years, and it was for, um, poisoning. So if we didn't see a poisoning, then he didn't want to know anything else. So we were fine. I mean, this was a very uh, low wage type of job. And they, were, they had all kinds of rough people working there. We were finding murderers. We were finding oh, wow. great people. And he says, I don't care. All I want to know if they got poisoned. They've done any poisoning in the last three years. Wow. So, nope. <laughs> That's yeah, quite a specific I'm, request. I know it's very specific. Yeah. <laughs> I had just crazy stuff like that oh, like in this wow. industry. It's really funny and it's kind of fun. Um, and people are fascinating for sure. So Now, you know, of course, that, that we're a fan of MBI Worldwide because, of course, we, we partner with you. And uh, you also um, are a sponsor of our podcast, which we appreciate. But um, just speaking to the, the small business owner or the business owner who's getting ready to determine, okay, I'm ready to get started. What should they look for in their background check provider? The first thing, make sure they're accredited by our national association. So it's basically some NAPBS accreditation uh, symbol. Um, on their website or ask them if they're accredited. Uh, there's actually only 105 companies that are accredited. Um, so there's a lot of companies that are accredited, um, and they're going to be the ones that are doing it um, compliant-wise, the correct documents. Um, we, I was actually the chair of the committee that um, we accredited other background companies. I was on the committee for almost seven years. And we basically went to other background companies using independent auditors and it went through a year and a half long audit um, process to get their papers in line their policies in place, make sure they're a legitimate, good um, consumer reporting agency, uh, providing good information and not I mean, none of this, you know, backyard, back window, private investigator type stuff. It's not who you want to hire to, uh, when you want to do background checks. You want to hire a good, legitimate company. Um, there's a bunch out there, all on their own, a bunch online. Make sure they're accredited. Make sure they may have some other certifications like the SOC 2 or the ISO 27001 certifications. 
And then just Google them and see what the reviews are. Uh, see, see if other bigger companies are using them. Um, so definitely do your research. Um, don't use the local uh, PI around the corner. Uh, they won't have the correct documents and you may get some, some trouble there. You know, those, those kind of companies serve a purpose, but not for, for sure for hiring. And, and let's, I never really discuss what the pricing on the background check. People think background checks are 500 bucks a piece. And, or not, they can range from $15 to $80. Um, we have, you know, some of our probably most expensive are 150 you know, for some healthcare systems and banks. Um, but they're, they're not that expensive. They're real, they're pretty cheap, pretty reasonable. They're usually less than a drug test. Um, so you can spend less than $100 for a drug and a background check on someone when you're wanting to hire. Again, it saves you tons of money in the future, tons of money on hiring. You, you know, you don't have a guy in that's going to be stealing from you. you got to fire him in two weeks. Plus you lost money. Uh, now you know you have a good legitimate applicant and you know their full picture and they'll last with you for a little while, which I know I'm sure you've discussed. Yeah, and pl yeah plus you just yeah. don't want to be that person that just goes and Googles somebody, right? Because that's become very, do that. very common. Correct. You can't go Google people. Um, if EEOC finds out you're Googling people, because now you know their race, their sex, you know, maybe they're um, smoking a clove cigarette, but looks like a joint. Um, you can't identify that, um, so you have to be really careful about Googling people and finding out information online on people, um, even their Facebook profiles. Be careful searching those as well because same thing, clove cigarette, maybe a, you may think it's a marijuana stick and it's not. So definitely use, just spend the $25 and use a legitimate um, background screening company. Yeah, and something that you guys do, I think that is, is good for because it, you don't have to, it's not a one size fits all. Like you'll talk to the client and say, okay, what is Correct. it that you, what you need and you can create a package for them based on what their needs are um, as opposed to having to buy, you know, $150 worth of, you know, these services. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, if they're not driving, don't buy driving records. You know, you don't need to do credit if they're not in the financial. You don't need to, there's a lot of things you don't need to do spend money on. So we'll, we'll discuss it. We discuss it with the customer when they're calling in the prospect and we say, okay, what kind of, what kind of industry are you in? This is what other customers do in this industry, but what's your budget? We'll help you out budget-wise. We'll try and get you the most bang for your buck. If, if you can only afford $20 a person, we'll, we'll, we'll get you the most bang for your buck out of that and tell you what you, can, what you should or shouldn't do. Um, and, but if you're, you know, we'll, we'll, let you know, we'll let you know that. So it's, um, you're not just doing something arbitrarily or, or crazy. Make sure when you talk to a background company or prospecting them that you can actually talk to somebody who understands what's happening, what's going on with the industry, what's happening with their customers, that you know, they're just not trying to sell you everything like a salesman, um, that they're asking these questions about your industry and how much money you want to spend and what's your you know, budget. And, um, so we'll, we'll, we'll walk you through those things. That's, that's another key to finding a good uh, screening company. Well, I think we know that the bottom line is, is whether it's a pre-employment background check or during employment, whatever the case may be, that's a good investment because it reduces those overall costs, prevents uh, lawsuits stemming from um, employee actions, high turnover, bad publicity. Um, and, you know, if you get this background check from a respectable company, it's a sound business investment that makes perfect business sense, right? So um, really appreciate your time today where can um our listeners find out more about you and mbi worldwide so mbi worldwide it's mbiworldwide.com if you go to our website um the best thing to find out about me personally is my linkedin page please uh, friend me on on linkedin and check out my page also mbi worldwide's linkedin page uh, we post a lot of articles a lot of blogs um, we have a blog on our website as well follow our blog 
and we'll try and update um, as uh, different laws come out, um, different things are coming out of courts, we'll try and update it as well so you can understand it, or you can even show your legal counsel as well. Um, but we'll, we'll definitely more, more than happy to help everybody. Um, you know, please let us know, and we appreciate your recommendation and um, you being a partner of ours. Absolutely. Well, it's been great talking to you today uh, from state to state here. I love the, the beauty of technology. Uh, and you enjoy sure. the rest of your day. And, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon, maybe about a different topic under uh, background yeah. check. So. That sounds great. Thanks, Jenny. Thanks so much, Brian. Have a All good right. rest of your evening. All right. Thank you. Right, bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the HR Rescue Podcast. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and help spread the word by leaving a review. The HR Rescue Podcast is made possible by HR Shield, the firm consulting group of Tampa, and your host, Jenny Stone. Here we go! This podcast was recorded in Tampa, Florida and Greenville, South Carolina, and was produced by Lonnie West at LRW Media Studios. Find us in your favorite podcast app or online at hr-rescue.com.